In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our meditation today is all about two of the last four things. Remember what the last four things are, death, judgment, heaven, and hell. So today, today we'll ponder what happens after death and after judgment. Heaven or hell, salvation or damnation. I and mean, that, those are the only two options here. So as I was writing this, uh, two thoughts came to mind immediately. Firstly, about the salvation part. How a lot of non-Catholics like to say, well, I'm saved. Salvation is assured. And sadly, many Catholics now run around acting like as if they were saved. Like as if what they do or not do doesn't matter very much. Look at the gospel today. Jesus didn't call the apostles to be his buds sitting around drinking pizza or drinking pizza, drinking beer and eating pizza and watching the game on Sunday. He called them as he calls each and every one of us to be witnesses of our faith unto martyrdom, red or white. So it really does matter what we do every day. Otherwise, the apostles got a raw deal, didn't they? Sadly, many Catholics run around now acting as if they're saved, like as if what they do or do not do matter. It does not matter much. They act like that even as they do not pick up their crosses daily. But Jesus taught that our daily cooperation with grace daily, it's a prerequisite to salvation. Jesus never taught once saved, always saved. That dear family is diabolical baloney. And secondly, Thought came to mind about the damnation part. Unlike, unlike the I'm saved part, right? I have heard only a few people ever say, I'm damned. In fact, I can think of only one. You may have heard of Steven Tyler. He's the lead singer of Aerosmith, and he attended Howard Stern. He's a sketchy guy. He attended his birthday party, and he had a tribute to Howard Stern, and he began saying, here's to hell. May we have as much fun there as we had getting there. To which, amid laughter from the crowd, Stern replied, and we'll be there. Well, all righty then. Salvation's not a joking matter. Damnation is not a joking matter either. And that is why we have the example in the first passage of sacred scripture today of Jonah warning the Ninevites who repented. And it is why we have the real Jesus teaching in the gospel today. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. It wasn't like it was at hand back then, but not now. No, it's at hand for every one of us. Thus, repent and believe in the gospel. Which is why in the second passage from St. Paul, he tells us, We need to start acting like, as he put it, time is running out. And yet, as surely is obvious to us, many people do not concern themselves enough with salvation because many people do not concern themselves enough with damnation. And as you heard me say many, many times, that's not my opinion. Jesus the Lord said it several times in several ways. Few will choose. It's a choice. The narrow road that leads to salvation, but many, many, many will choose the broad road to damnation. 
Yet maybe you, like me, want to believe, tempted to believe, that Jesus was kidding, that it wasn't true. But the thing is, Jesus never kidded about salvation and damnation. And think about this. The entirety of his three years of public ministry was all about salvation and damnation. He did not sit around the campfire talking about the Packers. Are they playing today? I don't even know. But it's why you've heard me say, Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me and not pack up your picnic basket and meet me at the beach. Well, maybe so many years have passed since St. Paul, about 2,000. Maybe so many warnings have been given us over the past 100 years that many have fallen into the trap that there will be more time. There will be one more warning, at which point they will repent like the, okay, now I guess it's time, time's up, got to repent like the people of Nineveh, and many will repent and be saved. Conveniently ignoring the fact that Nineveh was just one example of a city that was saved. But there are many other examples of cities that were not, such as the five cities on the plain, including Sodom and Gomorrah in Abraham's day, Jerusalem itself, about 37 years after the ascension, and even the whole world in Noah's day. Sooner or later, sinful, unrepentant people will be destroyed. But it's also true that God's salvation awaits the repentant. Jesus said so in the gospel. So here's a point for meditation. Have you ever stopped to think that maybe all the warnings over the past 100 years are not so much intended for those on the broad road to damnation, but more so for the few who are struggling daily along the difficult and arduous road to salvation. And if you think about it, understand human nature for what it is, when the many live lives of selfish self-indulgence, the few have the human weakness and tendency to strive less to live the lives of selfless self-mortification because we can recognize by human standards that I mean, the few fall into this mindset that they still are living better lives than the many. So their salvation is assured and damnation is avoided. Jesus addressed that attitude specifically when he spoke about that guy that came up to the front and said, well, thank God I'm not like those sinners back there. The few have a tendency to fall into that attitude, which is easy enough to do because the way our culture is going, the way our country is going, the way the world is going, is they're so bad out there that we look good by comparison to human eyes. But our salvation and our damnation are decided by God. And in God's eyes, for those who do not live up to the daily cross, judgment is not going to go well. So then how many warnings do we have to have before we prepare ourselves in all seriousness to meet Jesus? In other words, how many times do we need to remind ourselves that the kingdom of God is at hand? Repent and believe in the gospel. Remember the true story from this third Sunday of ordinary time exactly three years ago when I was given the privilege of four days of 
respite in the middle of January in Hawaii, the first and likely only time I'll ever be there. And remember how after an arduous day of travel, I arrived late on Friday, late after arduous day, ate and went to bed. And how at 8.08 a.m. Saturday, my very first morning there, my phone woke me up with some obnoxious warning noises. And I knew it wasn't the alarm, so I looked to see what was going on and found this message, quote, extreme alert, written in black, and then written a second time in red, extreme alert. And then, ballistic missile threat inbound to Hawaii, seek immediate shelter, this is not a drill. Then a short time thereafter, a speaker in every hotel room proclaimed the same morning. Well, the short story, as you know, is that I and everyone else on the island have been given a warning that they only had 15 minutes to live. There's no mistaking that the warning was dead serious, and unless I had lived through it myself, it probably would be impossible to speak to the lesson learned from it. As you know, I, I got out of bed, immediately prayed the act of contrition, and went out and sat on the balcony to await the inevitable blast with in, internal peace. Into your hands, Lord, I commend my spirit. So are we prepared, each and every one of us, to meet Jesus if we discovered we would be dead in 15 minutes? The family of the kingdom of God actually is at hand. And we constantly should be meditating on repentance so that we end up like the Ninevites and not like the inhabitants of Sodom and Gomorrah. And over the past hundred years, our Blessed Mother's warned us, Pope St. John Paul II has warned us, St. Faustina has warned us, so many others have warned us, St. Padre Pio warned us and warned us and warned us. But has it made any difference whatsoever in the lives of the many? Does it look like it? Let us be honest with ourselves and admit, no, it has not. It's only getting worse. Well, let us understand and be constantly aware that the many people who are now inculcating us with fear are not from God. They are from hell. And they're making hell all around us present. They're not saying like Jonah, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent to preserve your eternal soul. Rather, they're saying, lock down some more, mask up some more to preserve what? Your mortal body. And the damage they have done to countless lives around the globe, the destruction they have wrought is from the bowels of hell. It's based on a lie. The thing is, there's, there's a commandment against that, isn't there? There's 10. Jesus didn't say, Almighty God never said, well, if you just keep, you know, nine out of 10 ain't bad. That eighth one, not a big deal. No, that's bearing false witness against our neighbor. That means more than just telling a lie about somebody. If you bear false witness that harms a neighbor, you are, that is the commandment. And what has been going on? Let us not pretend otherwise. On Friday night, so two nights ago, less than 48 hours ago, I had the privilege of celebrating a requiem mass for the unborn in McLean, Virginia. And earlier that afternoon, I sat at lunch with, among other people, three holy priests, the head of the TFP, Tradition, Family, and Property, 
and an incredible woman who had been third in the Department of Energy and had spent 17 years on the board of Christendom College, one of the precious few truly Catholic universities in the country, and also with none other than Sister Deirdre. You may remember her. She was that nun that spoke at the RNC. And she's still a doctor. She's retired from the military. She's entered religious life. She's still a doctor. And get this, she was able to finish, she was worried about this. She was able to finish her surgeries that morning, drive over to visit with me at lunchtime. Whereupon, LifeSite News, who was present, they'd come to the restaurant to interview me, got two for the price of one. They didn't know she was coming because they interviewed her as well. And I tell you all this, not dropping names. I tell you all this because everybody, these stars, these icons in the pantheon of Catholic stars in the United States, were all on the same Catholic page, which can be summarized by saying, the fear-demic has been hyperbolized as a godless lie. And let us be crystal clear then, Damnation awaits those who do not repent for violating the Eighth Commandment. And so we're clear on this. Let's not pretend otherwise. That includes, but is not limited to, governors in those states most locked down and masked up. The family of the people actually wanted lockdowns, destruction of jobs, destruction of world economies, masking up. The rulers would not have to threaten us with jail. They wouldn't be telling our neighbors to tattle on us for not abiding with their arbitrary rules. But we understand my oft-repeated line when some godless politician says a thousand people can go into Walmart but only nine or ten can come to this church, damnation does await for their interference from hell in our life of faith. I was out there in McLean because we're at the 40th anniversary of Roe v. Wade. And make no mistake about it, God does damn the unrepentant person, not just the godless people who support abortion with the slaughter of innocents, but also those who do not oppose it because we have an affirmative duty to oppose it. And yet this year, for the first time in 48 years since Roe v. Wade, the March for Life has been canceled because of the big lie of the fear-demic. And now understand this, the left kept COVID on the front page with false statistics for 10 months, committed a fraudulent election with undocumented ballots, and then, after shutting down the world, causing irreparable harm to countless multitudes, Within days of the inauguration, the WHO suddenly declares, oops, we made a mistake on the numbers. The test is not accurate. There's a ton of false positives. Oh, dear family, we knew this long ago. They lied to us and they kept lying to us. And that is a violation of the Eighth Commandment. There's an internal difference between the people of Nineveh and the many people in the world today. The people of Nineveh actually believed in God, and so they believed when God warned them about the consequences of their bad behavior. The people of Nineveh knew that violating the Ten Commandments was mortal sin, 
gravest matter that could result in destruction and damnation. And they knew all this because they knew what we too know. They knew all about Noah and the flood. And they knew all about Sodom and Gomorrah and the five cities on the plain and the utter and total destruction of an immoral people. So let us today, let us today, always take seriously the warnings we have been given out of love from God. And let us prepare and prepare and prepare by practicing carrying our crosses daily, by being a light of Christ unto martyrdom, red or white, because the real Jesus did teach that we must repent because for each one of us on any given day, the kingdom of God is at hand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.